0: This portion of our program is brought to you by the Lodge Pub and Eatery, 40 Breakneck Hill Road in Lincoln, right off of 146. Delicious food, and drink, always a nice crowd. You can either eat in the lounge area; there's normally a game on and a nice group of people there, or you could sit out in the dining room. Don't forget the nice weather; they have the deck open. The Lodge Pub and Eatery, 40 Breakneck Hill Road in Lincoln. Delicious food and drinks awaiting you. I'll see you at the Lodge. You're listening to The John DePietro Show. It's a.m. 1380 and 99.9 FM. You can always listen online at our website, dipietro.com. Wow, a flurry of news. Let's start off with E. Jean Carroll on her reaction. This is her on GMA. She made the rounds of morning television about former President Trump liable for battery and defamation in this civil case. Let's listen to what she had to say. Thank Roberta
1: Kaplan. Thank you both for joining us this morning. How do you feel? I feel fantastic I have it is
2: yesterday was probably the happiest day of my life but it's been quite an ordeal hasn't it four years
1: only four years I'm surprised you say it like that
2: I I only decided to come forward and tell what happened Uh, I thought that was enough and um, then he said terrible things about me dragged me through the ground, my face in the dirt. It was horrible. And so I talked to Robbie Kaplan and Robbie and I brought lawsuit against Donald Trump. And yesterday, <laughs> despite uh, prosecutors and special counsels and investigators piling uh, all these legal snarls up to Trump, it was this five-foot-three, wily female attorney and this elderly 79-year-old advice columnist who are finally holding Donald Trump liable.
1: You know, was there any point in, during the trial where you were concerned? They were bringing up questions about your credibility, saying you didn't remember exactly when uh, this happened. They talked about those Facebook posts where you said you were a fan of The Apprentice. Did it, did it shake you at any point in the, in the trial?
2: I was always shaken. It was three days, three days of testimony. I was shaken quite a bit, uh, but I uh, uh, felt strong because I knew I was telling the truth, and I just stuck to it.
1: And you also at one point said you didn't come to the, go to the police earlier because it felt shameful. Is is there any part of you to the blame yourself for having this go on so long?
2: Oh, yeah. Oh, absolutely. I bl- blame myself. <laughs> After it happened hourly, I blame myself hourly. I was too ashamed uh, to even think uh, what a stupid thing I did.
1: Uh, but now I feel... How about, how about yesterday in the courtroom? The first the first uh, announcement was made and it was that he was not found liable for rape. What were we thinking at that moment? Robbie and I were sitting together, we
2: were holding hands. Her hand was Ice cold. <laughs> ice cold. And we all, when that when the jury said yes, we looked at each other and that was the moment. It was
1: such a wonderful, overwhelming moment. Robbie, we've heard from President Trump and his attorneys that they're going to appeal. They've been making uh, some, some claims that the judge was biased against them. Do you think they have any grounds for an appeal here? Absolutely zero, George. Judge Kaplan's one of the most
3: respected, fairest judges. He gave them more process than even anyone else ever gets. He gave, Cap- he gave Donald Trump multiple chances to come into that courtroom and testify.
1: He refused to do so. He has no appeal. As Aaron pointed out, this is the first time a jury has, has ruled against Donald Trump in a case like this. What does that mean?
3: I think it means that in our country, no one, not even a former president, not even a star from Celebrity Apprentice is above the law. And Donald Trump, like all of us, is not above the law.
0: What's next for you?
2: I mean, I'm going to throw the ball for my dog. I'm going to go in the yard and I'm going to throw
0: that. You know, the, um, Joe Takapina, I think we're going to get into this with our legal analysts, but Joe Takapina, um, I, I'm not convinced he did the the, the best job in in representing. But it's a tough case. If you have, you know, the president wouldn't go to the trial. And then, as I mentioned, you know, there was that moment where he's sitting for the deposition and they show him a photo of that woman who he's been claiming doesn't know. And then, and he had been saying, she's not my type. And then he mistakes her for Marla Maples. And and when you look at a photo of E. Jean Carroll from that time, she absolutely looks like marla maples so you know folks i i don't know what exactly this means but i i think it's going to be for um, a really interesting keep in mind president trump is doing this town hall meeting with cnn tonight now at the same time the border is a complete disaster. We're going to speak to someone who's down at the border tomorrow. This is the latest with the surge at the border.
4: Very soon. This morning, the number of migrants arriving to the U.S. southern border keeps growing. Most are walking, others hitching a ride. This freight train comes from southern Mexico and some migrants jump on board taken for the last leg of their journey. From here, walking, is about three, four hours to the U.S. border. We watch as migrants jump off. Venezuelan Mildred Paz gave birth to her daughter Melanie unexpectedly in the jungles of Panama. A few days later, she kept walking. The trip has been so difficult, she says, with no money, no nothing. We've been hungry, cold, everything. But thanks to God, we are here. She'll soon be joined by others like these migrants captured on drone video overnight near the Mexico-Guatemala border. And some of them will likely eventually end up here in El Paso, already in a state of emergency. Thousands of migrants now sleeping in downtown streets. Immigration officials handing out flyers, warning that those who entered the country illegally could be rounded up and deported. Our Mireya Villarreal on the scene there.
5: They went tent by tent, block by block, even searching inside cars, telling people if they didn't have their immigration papers, they needed to leave and go to a processing site.
4: The Biden administration has flooded resources to the border, but there are open questions this morning about whether the federal government is prepared to meet a spike in migrant crossings that could reach more than 10,000 per day. For the Texas National Guard, it means an open-ended assignment. We are prepared to be here indefinitely. Because everybody has a theory about what's going to happen when Title 42 ends, but nobody knows. Now, later on this morning, the administration will push forward new rules for asylum seekers. They will require non-Mexican migrants to have applied for and been denied an asylum request in another country before applying here at the United States. Also, they will require asylum seekers to previously book an appointment at a point of entry, port of entry here in the U.S. using a CBP application. Robin, those rules will almost certainly be challenged quickly in court. Probably be the
0: case. All right, Matt. Thanks. Total disaster. Folks, you're listening to the John DePetro Show. Propane Plus in Rhode Island for all your propane needs. Call them 401-885-4209 in Massachusetts. You can reach them at 508-252-3359. Propane heating and cooling. 885-4209 in massachusetts call them at 508-252-3359 they're very easy to navigate website it's propaneplus.com propane plus call them 401-885-4209 you're listening to the john dipetro show it's am 1380 and ninety nine point nine fm Let's listen about the federal jury finding President Trump liable, sexual abuse, defaming writer E. Jean Carroll from something that happened 30 years ago. I'm going to blame. I don't think he was served Civil well in the courtroom. Let's listen President to the story. Trump, federal jury
2: in New York decided very quickly, actually, that he is liable for sexually abusing and defaming writer E. Jean Carroll. Carroll had accused Trump of raping her and said he defamed her when he called her account a hoax and says, in his words, she's not my type. The jury did not find Trump liable for rape, but did order him to pay Carol $5 million in damages. Elaine Quijano covered the trial for us and is in the studio this
3: morning. Elaine, good morning to you. Good morning, Gail. After the verdict was read, Trump wrote on his social media platform, Truth Social, I have absolutely no idea who this woman is. This verdict is a disgrace, he wrote. A continuation of the greatest witch hunt of all time. The former president's lawyers say they will appeal the case. E. Jean Carroll smiled as she walked out of New York City federal court Tuesday. It took the jury less than three hours to find former President Donald Trump liable for sexually abusing and defaming her. But they were not convinced he raped her. Carol accused Trump of attacking her in a New York City department store in the 1990s. During her testimony, Carol said Trump put his shoulder against her and held her against the wall of a dressing room. Trump denied the claims and said Carol wasn't his type. While he didn't testify in court, jurors did hear some of his deposition. At one point, Trump pointed to a picture of Carol standing to his left and said it was his second wife, Marla Maples.
1: Uh-huh. That's Marla, yeah. That's, that's my wife.
3: Which woman are you pointing to? No.
1: Here. Carol. Oh, so, The oh, person well. you just pointed to was oh, E.J. and Carol.
3: Carol's attorneys also called two witnesses who alleged they were grabbed by Trump in separate incidents. What the other people testified
6: to was a grabbing, a grabbing of the genital area. Are you familiar, I'm sure you are, with something that's often referred to as the Access Hollywood tape? Yes,
1: I am.
3: During the deposition, Trump was asked about the 2005 Access Hollywood tape where he talked about grabbing women by their genitalia you can do anything, grab them by the you could do anything.
1: That's what you said, correct? Well, historically, that's true with stars. If you look over the last million years, I guess that's been largely true, not always, but largely true, unfortunately or fortunately. Good and you point.
3: consider yourself
0: a star? Not a good
1: I think you can say that, yeah.
7: This verdict is the first time mm. that a former president of the United States has actually been found wow.
0: liable wow. for sexual abuse. Joe Takapina, nice job.
3: After Tuesday's verdict, oh, Carol nice issued man. a statement saying, I filed this lawsuit against Donald Trump to clear my name and to get my life back. Today, the world finally knows the truth. This victory is not just for me, but for every woman who has suffered because she was not believed. It's a historic verdict now,
0: folks, I want to just mention, I, I mean, I'm sorry, I mean, who... who I think that his legal team, there's just different ways to approach it. First of all, him pointing to the woman, who in that photo, she does incredibly resemble Marla Maples. I didn't, it obviously, there were were a lot of things that went wrong here. And to try to say this happened in 1996, I think it was, or 97, somewhere in that, at a department store on Fifth Avenue in New York, I I, I think that could have just been handled better, but... Once again, I, I don't find that the President was well served um, well served by his his legal team. That's that's my take on it. Now, you know obviously there's also a lot of talk about you know Tucker Carlson's gonna try to do this thing with Twitter, which um, I, I don't I don't think it's um, it's it's a terrible uh, situation that he's gonna do and I, I think it, it could benefit him. In some way. I, I'm not convinced it's his what they would say like final destination that you know maybe he's gonna use this as a jumping off point and and um and at the same time then you know be able to pursue some other platforms because I mean anyone that's listening right now I don't think they would say oh okay I'm gonna sit down and watch him on Twitter. But other huge story is this George Santos is in custody 13 counts wire fraud i want to tap in this is uh some of the abc coverage of this representative this whack job george santos is in a lot of legal trouble
3: is here with the details. Aaron, walk us through these charges and what they mean for Santos.
8: Congressman Santos turned himself in just moments ago. He has now been placed under arrest at the federal courthouse in Central Islip on Long Island in, in the New York suburbs. And the criminal indictment outlines three distinct schemes that Santos allegedly used, as the US Attorney, Brian P says, to ascend to the halls of Congress. The indictment charges him with, at the height of the pandemic, uh, taking Uh, unemployment benefits that were meant to help people who needed it during the the COVID-19 pandemic and, and using it for himself. The indictment also charges him with recruiting donors for his campaign and using those campaign funds for his personal use. The money that was supposed to go for his election to Congress actually went into his personal piggy bank, according to federal prosecutors. And finally, The federal charges accuse Santos of making false statements to the House of Representatives about the source of his income, about money that he received coming in and going out. And so all told, they say that this is the height of deception by a sitting U.S. congressman has now been placed under arrest
3: and I want to bring in our senior congressional correspondent Rachel Scott for more on the repercussions here Rachel uh, Santos has been facing accusations for quite a while now what does this mean for his future in Congress for him now to be federally charged
6: Well, Diane, Congressman George Santos has been accused of fabricating almost every single detail of his life, from his resume to his background. And while he has been under scrutiny for those allegations, it is the focus of this investigation on the money, about how he possibly misused and illegally used his campaign finances that could land him in even more legal jeopardy here, where he could currently face up to 20 years in prison on the 13 counts that federal prosecutors are moving forward with with we know that Santos for his part has been defiant through it all we have had the opportunity to press him multiple times about many of these allegations back on Capitol Hill in the halls of Congress he has told me repeatedly that he will not step down that he will not resign it remains unclear how he will plead uh, when he enters the courtroom uh, in just a few hours but we do know that he has launched his reelection campaign Uh, one thing that is very notable here is that even if Santos is convicted he could still continue as a member of Congress, it would take two-thirds of a majority vote in the House in order to remove him uh, from office. And as we know right now, House Speaker Kevin McCarthy, even in the face of these charges, has stood beside Congressman Santos. He says that he's waiting to see how this all plays out in the courts. But you can certainly expect pressure to grow on the Republican congressman to step down and resign, Diane.
0: What a disaster this guy is. And I also think he is the last thing that the Republican Party needs. You're listening to The John DiPietro Show. Get your driveway paved. J. Perry Paving. Letter J. J. Perry Paving. High quality. Fair pricing. Exceptional service. Over 25 years experience specialized commercial paving, residential paving, seal coating. Call for a free estimate today. 401 732 1730 J Perry Paving. Hey, learn about the benefits of asphalt paving. Whether it's a brand new paving project or a cracked driveway, it's affordable, smooth, safe to drive on, aesthetically appealing. Asphalt can be recycled, reused. J Perry Paving, a licensed and insured contracting company committed to meeting your needs no matter how big, how small. Contact them today for a free quote. 401 732 1730. What a difference it makes for your driveway, for your business, parking lot. J, letter J, J Perry Paving. 401 732 1730. Online at jperrypaving.com and look for them on Facebook. You're listening to The John DePietro Show. It's am 1380 99.9 fm you can always listen online at the website petro.com talk about tremendous amount of news in a short period of time first of all president trump found accountable uh those it's it's still a bizarre story i certainly don't think he helped himself with it seemed to be a little bit of a lackluster defense and then when they showed that photo of that woman who clearly resembles marla maples he even pointed at the woman and said that's that's marla when it was not marla he was with his first wife uh, Ivanka, in that photo you have that story you have federal charges coming against representative george santos republican from new york he's the guy that he's a clown he fabricated his entire biography got himself into congress and it's just been uh, a joke since he emerged on the scene and the whole thing started to unravel now you also have tucker carlson tucker who's now saying that he is an announcing in some form going to launch a show on twitter i think it's interesting that he's pairing up with elon musk um tucker carlson just about a month ago it's about two weeks before he parted ways with fox he interviewed elon musk and now um, he's going to have some form now now keep in mind elon musk is a brilliant individual and and the, who knows what they have in mind for twitter i know what i think with some people it certainly strikes the mod he's going to do a show for twitter but remember a big part of it is just video it's about distribution it's about getting it into different places i think people need to change their mindset of that someone doesn't need to be on a television screen that you could watch it um, I mean, it's streaming, that's the direction, that's the future where everything is going. And now it's just a matter of how those two individuals are going make to that, make that work. I think you, uh, you may see his program in different places instead of just one exclusive type of place. Now, without question, listen, being the 8 o'clock hour on Fox is an incredible platform. But that's, that's all it is, is it's a platform. And as I've been saying, you know, there's different different types and forms of platforms. So that is um, a platform that I, I think it's yet to be determined. But we'll see what Elon Musk has in mind with this Tucker Carlson show uh, with Twitter. Now, then locally, you have the situation. Finally, a case we've been covering, which is Carbuncle Pond, the woman that was found, murdered, found in... Carbuncle Pond. Turns out she was also pregnant, which I had known. Been waiting on this one. But two very dangerous individuals finally charged with her murder. And that was back December 21st. I was just finishing up. Or it was actually live on the air when we got word that there was a woman's body in Carbuncle Pond in Coventry. And I actually left the show early to go cover it. Been kind of tracing it. Two very dangerous individuals and there's a lot of details on that story if you go to the website dpetro.com. we have it all broken down so as you can tell tremendous amount of news plus president trump and a very special this is interesting cnn town hall meeting and that's going to be on the heels of what just happened so this is uh, incredible what could happen over the next 24 hours regarding president trump and a town hall meeting on cnn and uh, we'll see how that's going to go, and then following all the other local news as the illegal alien problem continues to get worse. Folks, you're listening to The John DePietro Show. This portion of The John DePietro Show, it's brought to you by Lawn Doctor, your best lawn ever guaranteed, and I can tell you with my own experience, what a fantastic job they did and have done with my lawn. The easiest thing to do is log onto their website. It's lawndoctor.com. lawndoctor.com. Put in your zip code, your best lawn ever, guaranteed. It's lawn doctor of Rhode Island. You can call them 401-392-1025, but log onto their website lawndoctor.com. You're listening to the John DiPietro Show. It's AM 1380 and 99.9 FM. All right, I want to play you the audio. This is the two Carbuncle Pond killers, the murder that took place. They were in court this morning, and let's pick it up. One on the scene live stream. Well, we we didn't live stream it. We weren't allowed to, but we do have the audio of it, and this is what it sounded like. And You can hear the facts of the case. This young woman from Brockton who was, um, was found dead in Carbuncle Pond in Coventry. And there have been an arrest in the case.
9: Yes, Your Honor. At approximately 8 a.m. on December 21st, 2022, the body of a then-unidentified female was found submerged in the water at Carbuckle Pond, located on Plank Hill Pike in the town of This was approximately one mile east of that border. The body was found by a witness who had arrived at the pond, fished that morning, and called 911. Acting Chief Medical Examiner, Dr. Alexander Cherkov, determined that the body had been in the water for a few hours. Autopsy revealed the cause of death to be blunt force trauma to the head with a compression fracture to the skull and drowning. Dr. Cherkov discovered that the female was eight to 10 weeks pregnant. Water in the lungs indicated that the female was alive when she entered the water. Dr. Cherkov classified the manner of death as homicide. On December 27, 2022, the identity of the female found at Carbuncle Pond was determined to be Layla Duarte Deleuze, then 34 years old. Deleuze had been reported missing out of the city of Brockton, Massachusetts, by friends and acquaintances. She fit the description of the female located at Carbuncle Pond. She was last seen by her landlord leaving her residence in Brockton on December 21, 2022, at 2.30 in the morning, with her ex-boyfriend, Defendant Gary Bromkoitz. This was five and a half hours before her body was found at Carbonle Pond. In Brockton, Bromkoitz and Deleuze entered a dark colored SUV with around the registration place. Specifically, Bromkoitz entered the front passenger seat. Deleuze entered a rear seat. Shortly thereafter, and before the vehicle departed, a male later identified to be defendant Michael Lambert in the driver's seat switched places with defendant Bromkoitz. With Bromwitz in the driver's seat, the vehicle then drove away from Deleuze's residence. Using geographical location records from electronic communications service providers, the state police determined that cellular phones belonging to Deleuze, Bromquitz, and Lambert traveled from the area of Deleuze's residence to a shell station on Belmont Street in Brockton. Black Jeep Grand Cherokee with Island Registration 1IQ 304 was captured on video at a pump at the gas station. The vehicle was registered to defendant Michael Lambert. Defendant Bromquitz was seen in the driver's seat. Lambert got out in the front passenger seat, went to the gas station store, and returned. Defendant Bromquitz opened the driver's door and handed Lambert a cellular phone. Lambert purchased 40 dollars of gas. According to records provided by T-Mobile, the cellular phones of Deleuze, Bromquitz, and Lambert traveled from Brockton to Warwick Rhode Island. At approximately 3.53 a.m., the three phones were in the approximate area of the Buttonwood section of the city. All three devices remained in this approximate area for about 45 minutes, departing at 4.38 a.m. The phones then traveled through Pawtucket and into Lincoln. At 5.05 a.m., Bromkowitz's cellular phone stopped, communicated with its cellular network in Lincoln. At 5.16 a.m., Lambert's and Deleuze's cellular phones or in the approximate location of Lincoln Mall. These devices remained in the area for approximately 10 minutes, then traveled south. Video surveillance from a 7 11 store on George Washington Highway in Lincoln shows the presence of a black Jeep. Mr. Lambert exited the driver's side and entered the store. Video inside the store revealed Lambert examining his left hand, which appeared to have a laceration or abrasions on the knuckles. He also closely examined his clothing and sneakers. The lacerations were not previously visible when Lambert was on video at the Brockton Shell Station. At 5.26 a.m., Lambert returned to his jeep and drove away. The jeep turned right, traveling at 116. Deleuze's and Lambert's phones were traced traveling south from Lincoln to Western Coventry. but approximately 6.18 a.m., Deleuze's and Lambert's phone were in Western Coventry, in an area near the Connecticut state line. This is the same area where Carmelo Pond is located and where DeLuz's body was recovered. Despite Gromkowitz's cellular phone not accessing the network during this time, a witness identified as Shailen Hernandez reported engaging with a phone call with Lambert. This call was confirmed by T-Mobile Records. It began at 6.15 a.m. and lasted approximately five and a half minutes. Hernandez reported during this call, she could hear Gromkowitz's voice in the background indicating that Gromkowitz was with Lambert at that time. Deleuze's and Lambert's phone remained visible to the network in Western Coventry for approximately 40 minutes and departed at approximately 7 a.m. Deleuze's and Lambert's phones then traveled through Coventry and into Situate. At 720 a.m, Deleuze's phone stopped communicating with the network, with the last approximate location for her phone being situated in the area of Situate High School and State Police Headquarters. Video surveillance from the state police headquarters captured a black jeep consistent with Lambert's vehicle traveling past on Danielson Pike at 718 AM. Still on December 21st, 2022, at approximately 7.55 AM, video surveillance of 290 men in road in Cumberland captured a vehicle consistent with Lambert's jeep traveling south. The passenger appeared to be a bald male wearing a red long sleeve shirt, consistent with defendant promocles. At 8:14 a.m., Bronquitz's cellular phone resumed its communication with its cellular network in Humble. It was in the approximate location of 17 Forest Avenue. This is the residence of one Miranda Idiaris, a woman with whom Bronquitz had a 6 relationship. Video surveillance from a nearby residents shows at approximately 8.05 a.m. a black Jeep Grand Cherokee parking across from 17 Forest with a bald male wearing a long sleeve red shirt and light pants consistent with Bronquitts exiting the passenger side of the Jeep and then crossing the street to 17 Forest. At 8.21 a.m., a male consistent with the appearance of Bronquitts is seen again on the video with different clothes, a sweatshirt and black pants. At 8.31, this male is seen transferring a bag from the Jeep to the 17 Forest residence. At 8.37, the Jeep drove off. Lambert's phone had stopped communicating with the cellular network from 7.51 to 8.51 a.m. approximately. So their phone records show Brownquitz's and Lambert's phone next to Tucket when Lambert's phone reappeared on the network. At approximately a quarter of 10 in the morning on the 21st at a Bank of America branch in Hope Street in Providence, Brownquitz was captured on surveillance video and confirmed by banking records attempting to withdraw $1,990 and $1,000 from Deleuze's account. These tran- transactions were declined Video surveillance captured a black sheep Cherokee consistent with Lambert's vehicle driving by this bank on Hope Street. Both Bromquitz's and Lambert's phones were in the approximate area of this bank branch at the time. This was less than two hours after the body of the loose had been found in the Pond and approximately three hours after it was estimated that the loose was left in the water. The same day, Bromquitz and Lambert's phones traveled to the area of St. Anne Cemetery in Cranston. Candidates by the state police for evidence turned up a rear cargo mat for a Jeep in the cemetery approximately one month after the elusive body was discovered. While insufficient human DNA was detected on the cargo mat, the part number on the mat was the same as the part number for the mat associated with Lambert's Jeep, as determined with the assistance of a dealer and the vehicle's VIN number. After Lambert's vehicle had been seized, an inspection of the Jeep by the police revealed that its rear cargo mat had been missing. A pattern analysis of cell phone use for Bromwitz, Lambert, and Deleuze from November 1st through December 28, 2022, shows that Bromwitz's phone never stopped communicating with the network for multiple hours at a time except on December 21st, 2022, the window of 5.05 a.m. to 8.14 a.m., during which Lambert's and Deleuze's phones traveled to the, the area of Carpenter Pond. Deleuze's phone traveled only twice around. Pattern analysis period, and that was on Thanksgiving Day to the house of Bronkowitz's mother, which has been confirmed by a statement the mother gave to police. And again, the phone appeared in Rhode Island on December 21st, the day when she was found deceased in the bond. On December 30th, 2022, search warrants were executed for buckle swabs from Bronkowitz and Lambert. On that day, a scab was detected on Lambert's left hand, consistent with a recently healed laceration. The location of the scatter was consistent with the laceration observed on the surveillance from the 7-Eleven on the 21st. The state police asked Lambert to write a statement. He described one of Gromkowitz for about 20 years, the two having met in prison. He also claimed that the last time he saw Bromquitz was in October of 2022, when they both worked together. Lambert identified himself in a still image from the video surveillance at the 7-Eleven in Lincoln. Lambert's Jeep. Was analyzed by the State Police Forensic Services Unit. A cutting from the trunk liner of the Drink from its driver's side was submitted to the Department of Health. It had DNA with a profile consistent with a mixture of at least two sources of DNA. The major component was consistent with a reference sample for Deleuze, and no conclusion could be made regarding the minor contributor. In the months leading up to Deleuze's death, Braunquitz's relationship with UDRs was off, and Bromquitz began dating Deleuze. In October of 2022, Gromkowitz and Deleuze became engaged. At the time of her death, Deleuze was pregnant with Gromkowitz's child. Prior to her death, the couple had a dispute over Gromkowitz using the money, Deleuze's money, to purchase an engagement ring. Deleuze gave the ring back to Gromkowitz. On December 19, 2022, two days before Deleuze's body was found, Gromkowitz and Lambert went to the Macy's store at Mall and there purchased a diamond wedding ring. A band which was consistent with the ring located on Deleuze's body on December 21st, 2022. On December 24th, 2022, Bronquitz purchased another engagement ring at a pawn shop in Fall River. On that date, Bronquitz proposed to Miranda Yudiaris. Ms. Yudiaris was aware of Deleuze and her being pregnant with Bronquitz's child. She reported that Bronkowitz was, as a result, stressed, nervous, and believed it was going to be a lot to handle. Bromkoitz's mother disclosed to police that Bromquitz broke up to lose over what Bromquitz described as a lie about Deleuze being, being pregnant. The defendant's mother also disclosed that GDRs gave an ultimatum to Bromquitz, either be with her or to lose, because he couldn't afford two families. On December 27, 2022, a member of the Brockton Police, Brockton, Massachusetts Police Department contacted Bronquitz by telephone. Bronkwitz stated that he had no idea about Duluth's whereabouts. Also on December 27th, a Sergeant Lincoln police contacted Bromquitz about Duluth's. When asked if he had any contact with her, Bronkwitz replied, I don't know, maybe a few days ago, she wouldn't return my text. When asked if Dwarf had been suicidal, Bronkwitz stated, no, nah, she ain't suicidal. Near the end of the telephone call, an increasingly agitated Bromquitz said, I'm all set. I have a girlfriend. I don't want anything to do with Layla. If you find her, don't call me. I don't care. Promquits, then hung up. These facts and circumstances summarize the evidence in the state's possession to charge Promquits and Lambert with murder and conspiracy. Based on that, Mr. Corrigan, do you have a request for the court? I have two requests. The state objects to the setting of bail, asking that they be held. And because Mr. Bronkowitz is a Superior Court violator who will be presented today, I ask both matters to transfer from Rule 5A to Superior Court. Both the facts can be held without bail. Both the facts are 5A, held without bail. And cases transferred to Superior Court. Thank you. we All, right. All
0: right, folks, that's what it sounded like, the latest Carbuncle Pond murder. Again, you're listening to The John DePietro Show. Limitless Outdoors. Dream, build, enjoy. You're listening to the John DiPietro Show. It's AM 1380 and 99.9 FM. How about athletes must refuse to compete against transgender girls to ensure sports go back, says Riley Gaines telling that to Fox. Boycott competing against trans girls. Don't run, don't swim. I want to hear this piece.
5: i from the University of Kentucky where I was on the women's swim and dive team um, all four years of my collegiate career. I think this will get worse before it gets better. It's a matter of how many girls have to be injured playing against a male. How many girls have to lose out on, on scholarships and, and trophies and titles? Um, how many girls have to Feel violated in the locker room. How many girls have to go through this before they make changes? Because the argument we're seeing now is, "Oh, it's not really happening," or, um, you know, it, it's high school, middle school sports. Who? It's it's not that deep. It doesn't have to be that competitive. Um, those are the arguments we're seeing, and. Both of those are insensitive and and untrue. To say it's not happening is, you're simply ignoring the problem because it is happening. I could list off a hundred examples right now um, of women losing out on opportunities. So I believe it will get worse before it gets better, unfortunately, unless we have more women willing to boycott. We have girls who the whistle blows and they don't run, they don't swim. um, They stand up on the block and they don't go. It's unfortunate, of course, to ask women to make that sacrifice, because these are their sports. They should be entitled to playing. They shouldn't have to give up anything to want changes and to, to get changes. I think um, people are really beginning to get fed up with this. I think initially, maybe two years ago, um, maybe we thought we could coexist, and this could be something that we could allow trans women into our spaces, because we could be inclusive. This was, would be something that worked. But now we're seeing, of course, that doesn't work. Um, We're seeing this, again, being one-sided. We're seeing males infiltrate into women's sports and spaces and win and take away opportunities from women. And we're not seeing that the other other way around. And so I think people are beginning to realize this. I think the tides are beginning to turn. Um, I'm hopeful that more coaches will be outspoken, more parents. We need parents to defend their daughters and sons. Um, more athletes will be willing to say how they feel. We need athletic directors, we need medical professionals to speak up and, and address um, the science behind it. The, the, how um, male puberty affects the body and the differences that it allows men to have in comparison to women. To say this isn't existing is to deny the facts in front of our faces. Um, this is happening at all levels, all states, all sports, all ages. Um, my experience is becoming less and less unique by the day. Um, and when I say my experience, I mean competing against a mediocre male who beat every female in the country and the nation by seconds. Um, how can we say that this is fair? How can we say this is right? How can we put women in this position to where they're losing out? And there's nothing they can do about it. Obviously, this, this issue has become... Um, Somewhat of a political issue, which is unfortunate because sports should never be political Um, But it was inevitable it would go this way Um, But people all across the the political spectrum are realizing This is specifically harmful. This whole gender ideology propaganda movement is specifically harmful to women and children Um, And I think they're starting to get fed up. They're starting to use their voice more Um, It's it's of course scary to step on toes and ruffle feathers, but that's exactly what we need in order to make changes. But let's say five, 10 years. If this isn't fixed, one male winning a national title among the women will quickly turn into three and five and 10 and so on. Um, And so that's why it's crucial we make changes. Um, But again, I'm hopeful, I really am, that tides will start to turn um, and parents, women, coaches, Um, They'll stand up to this because they'll quickly realize this is something that's harmful to women.
0: You know, that is Riley Gaines. And it is when you think about how outrageous it is. It started with equal opportunity and treating everyone equal to defying science. Right. Gina Raimondo. There's people like that ilk. Kamala Harris. Gina Raimondo, there's no difference between a man and a woman. There's no difference between a man and a woman. Preaching that, screaming that. And so now, instead of when you're looking to hire someone, there should be equal treatment, no difference between hiring a man or woman, equal pay, equal everything. Instead, you now have these young men who are mediocre male athletes suddenly growing the hair long saying they identify as a female and beating all the girls in the sport and people that are encouraging and enabling it. And in Rhode Island, there's a lot of them. And they're loud and they're vicious and they're creepy and they're disgraceful and they're demented. No, a man dressing up pretending to be a woman is a form of mental illness. But that I mentioned the cycling race last week. That person walked away with $35,000 it was a man grew his hair in a ponytail they pick an androgynous name something that could be gender neutral and then suddenly take the prize how how on earth is that equality it's not it's wrong and it should be called out i really am starting to believe this is going to become a defining issue for 2024 with the people and and i want to repeat in rhode island they're very, I was at William Hall Library. You have certain also some elected political leaders. There's this guy, Jacob Breyer in Barrington. He's big on the transgender rights, as they call it. TRM Senator Tierra Mac. That Reverend Donnie Anderson, grown man, long hair. He's in his 70s standing up there. It's perfectly normal. I want to be, I'm a woman, and it's normal. No, it's not normal. And you're a man with long hair who changed his name that's basically what it comes down to it's the pronoun it's the you know how dare you judge my gender Um, it's that whole binary crowd that is taken over and it people are getting fed up you're listening to the john dipietro show falcon pest services twelve months of the year you could have a pest problem serving rhode island and massachusetts called falcon pest services today 401-739-1322 free consultation 401-739-1322 locally owned and operated serving rhode island and southeastern mass they offer services for termites bed bugs ants roaches mice rats in the summertime spring fall mosquitoes and many other pests Call today for a free consultation, whether it's for your home or a restaurant. Maybe it's once a year. Maybe it's once a month. Call Falcon Pest Services today. Free consultation, 401-739-1322. Residential and commercial, whether it's an office building, a school, a hotel, a restaurant, or your home. Call Falcon Pest Services today. Free consultation, 401 739 1322. You're listening to the John DiPietro show. It's AM 1380 and 99.9 FM. How about the intrigue regarding the Alex Murtaugh case and new information now about, and this came out in the Netflix special about his housekeeper. Listen to this report. Really, re- really remarkable. And the thing about this is, as much as sometimes people knock some of the sleuths that are out there, some of the people, true crimes and people that investigate that. This is a perfect example of something that was first, the first time I had heard about it was Netflix. And now here it is.
4: Former attorney serving two life sentences for killing his wife and son now murdoch is admitting from prison that he lied about the cause of his longtime housekeeper's fatal fall on his property five years ago nbc's katie beck joins us with more details on this katie good morning to you
7: Good morning, Craig. Yet another legal battle heating up attorneys for Murdoch's former housekeeper saying today they plan to release new audio recordings and new documents from her case. This as an insurance company is fighting to recover that $3.8 million settlement money and Alec Murdoch from prison admits he didn't tell the truth again in connection to another mysterious death. Alec Murdoch is changing his story once again, this time from a prison cell after admitting during his trial to lying about his alibi the night his wife and son were killed.
3: I did lie to them.
7: Murdoch is now confessing to even more lies, this time surrounding the mysterious death of the family's longtime housekeeper, Gloria Satterfield. She died at the Murdoch home after allegedly suffering a fall in 2018. The disgraced lawyer originally told his insurance company that the family's dogs caused her to trip and fall. He later collected millions in settlement money intended for Satterfield's sons, who say they never saw any of it.
1: Did you ever get one cent from Alec Murdoch when he was still,
9: uh, before all of this happened? No.
7: Back in 2021, Satterfield's son, Tony, told Craig, Alec Murdoch promised he would help him and his brother get an insurance settlement for the accident.
1: Did you believe him? Yeah, of course. Well, wait not.
10: He said, I want to make sure the boys are taken care of because he loved Gloria that much.
7: Now, a legal storm is brewing over Murdoch's latest confession. In a new statement made in response to a recent lawsuit filed by an insurance company looking to recover the $3.8 million it paid Murdoch for Satterfield's death, Murdoch now claims he fabricated his initial story, writing, no dogs were involved in Satterfield's death, adding, he invented the situation to force his insurers to make a settlement payment. Murdoch also says the Satterfield family did actually receive the fraudulent funds. Lawyers for the Satterfields family deny they got money from the insurance company, saying the new claims lack credibility, much like Alec Murdoch.
1: The question is, is Alex to be believed? Alex at this point in time, will say anything to uh, try to preserve his own skin.
7: Police have reopened the investigation into Satterfields' death. We reached out to Murdoch's attorney, who had no comment about the lawsuit or why Alec Murdoch is once again changing his story from behind bars. Murdoch is currently serving two life sentences for the murders of his wife and son, but is also facing nearly a 100 other charges ranging from money laundering to stealing money from his clients. Murdoch's attorneys have filed a notice to appeal, say they plan to do so in coming months. Craig? Katie back for us there in Walterboro, South Carolina. Katie, thank you. All right, let's bring in NBC Senior Legal Correspondent Laura Jarrett. Laura, good morning. I confess I do not understand why admitting this in a legal filing helps his case with the insurer at all. But the, the question is, is the insurer, the insurer wants to try to get the money back from Alec Murdoch? He says, go find it from the, the family, but he admits that He kept the money, didn't give it to the family.
10: Precisely, right? This whole thing was sort of a lie built upon another lie. And the bottom line is, we still do not know how Gloria Statterfield died. And that's the question her family obviously wants to know the answer to, and everybody else wants to know the answer to. He's now admitted that the original story wasn't true. She didn't trip over the dogs, but he doesn't say, I know who did it. And the two people who were possible witnesses, a jury has now found that he was guilty of murdering them. And so all kinds of questions about why would you lie about another death on your property?
4: I mean, do we know, Laura, if there's even any more money to collect from Alec Murdoch at this point? Well, his,
10: that's part of why his attorneys, I think, are pointing the finger at this family, basically saying all of the money that he would have had is caught up with creditors because, again, he's facing all of these alleged financial crimes, including uh, defrauding his, uh, his own law firm.
7: The family did get some settlement money, but Yes, they say not this money that this insurance company, Nautilus, is after.
10: Precisely. They say it came from a whole other different pot of money, from going after his old firm. Again, a lot of fighting, a lot of griping on both sides here, but the, the core answer we still don't have any real clarity on. Yeah.
0: Very, very possible yeah. that he, in uh, fact, murdered the housekeeper and then told her sons to sue him to then collect the money he's their trustee the insurance company pays him i think it was th- 3.8 million he ends up keeping the money the latest in alec murtok folks you're listening to the john DePietro show this portion of our program is brought to you by the lodge pub and eatery 40 breakneck hill road in lincoln right off of 146 delicious food drink Always a nice crowd. You can either eat in the lounge area. There's normally a game on and a nice group of people there. Or you could sit out in the dining room. Don't forget the nice weather. They have the deck open. The Lodge Pub and Eatery, 40 Breakneck Hill Road in Lincoln. Delicious food and drinks awaiting for you. I'll see you at the Lodge.